Choctaw. Half Cherokee and Choctaw. My baby, she's a Chippewa. She's a one of a kind. Alright, Fighting Irish Faithful. Welcome to episode 12 of season 4, volume 98. And uh, Notre Dame is taking on the Chippewas of Central Michigan. Uh, and what, uh, I'm not, uh, I'm not too look, <laughs> it's kind of, kind of a weird game. Cause it's like, everyone's already clearly looking forward to Ohio state, but before we go down that road, uh, thank you for joining me. This is the fighting Irish faithful show. This is Joe at faithful underscore Irish on the Twitter. And, uh, we are powered by scotch and spreadsheet on Dill Supercons media. This is uh, episode 12, volume 98, so two more to go before we hit that century mark, and it was mentioned earlier that we were going to do this show, the preview of the Central Michigan show. Uh, we will not have a post-game show um, versus what we normally do. We, I, I have other stuff going on this week, and hence why we're starting tonight's show on a Tuesday at 11.45 at night. So uh, other stuff's going on right now, and so we're going we're gonna to put this podcast in here so you guys get it, and uh, with the intent that we will come back in a week, do the Ohio State pregame show, and then the century mark will be the postgame show, so hopefully that's good. So anyway, thank you for joining me. Uh, happy for all of our loyal listeners and for the unloyal people who are not joining tonight. <laughs> Just kidding really like although you west coast people where are you guys at come on like what are you guys doing right clearly you're doing other things and not scrolling social media which is just perfectly fine well the irish are 3-0 and which is fantastic it's exactly where we should be where we ought to be given everyone we have played and the nc state game though uh started off a little concerning uh eventually there was no doubt and notre dame clearly came out uh, dominated, kicked ass, uh, took some names, and I was able to uh, talk some yang on Twitter to some NC State people. Uh, won't name names here. We won't. We don't need to do that because the scoreboard and all of that did the talking, and that's really all we have to worry about. So, uh, but we have a home game, and then we have another home game against Ohio State. But first and foremost, the Chippewas. So uh, we'll just jump straight into some stats here, because that's what we do, scotch and spreadsheets. First, before we go any further, we are using a Kirkland uh, blended scotch whiskey. It's not the, the fancy one, it's the, the $20 one. So there we go. Cheers to that. Now, I don't know where Red Snapper is tonight. You know, he's busy doing other stuff, clearly, instead of being co-host, but where you at, co-host? Whatever. Um... But anyway, the uh, the Chippewas. So, look, the best part about this game is that Marcus Freeman is starting to separate himself as our head coach. He now has a seventy percent win percentage, a point seven oh six, by uh, coaching as many games as he had. Has twelve wins, five losses uh, attributed to him versus his opponent coach Jim McElwain. Uh, which I learned was actually the head coach at Florida for a bit, which was kind of interesting. But anyway, at Central Michigan, he is a 52% win percentage and 58% as a head coach for his career. In addition to that, Central Michigan's recruiting is ranked not the worst, not the second worst. It's the third worst of what we have faced so far. Um, Or is that second best of what we have faced so far? I don't know. But either way, Central Michigan, their recruiting is 94th uh, on average over the last four years versus Notre Dame still is maintaining 11 and a half. So clearly better coach, better win percentage, better team, better recruiting uh, abilities and players, quite frankly, in addition to just the other spread uh, spreadsheet usual pieces that we will get to. Well, believe it or not, we actually have uh, someone who has joined us tonight. This is fantastic. Uncle June at Justin Cates on the Twitter. You've been invited to speak. Um, If you wish to join us, if you can, that would be awesome. Welcome back to the Fighting Irish Faithful Show. Hey, get to that Etsy store, you know. (laughs) 
what are we doing here? Yeah, you know, it's so funny. I was listening to an older show, Justin, and the um, I remember it was one of the the first ones that you joined, and you were plugging the Etsy store for us, which was fantastic. And um, and then I went and looked at the Etsy store right now. It looks actually looks really sad. So. <laughs> And I think part- I think maybe I was born to be like a QVC anchor. I don't know. <laughs> I feel like I sort of have a gift for it. You, you know, it's funny is like like I, I got a toddler in the house, right? So he's he's very aware of stuff. And like Halloween coming around, and like as much as like I can appreciate Halloween, I really don't like commercials for scary movies, right? Especially with a toddler. And so like the nun it doesn't matter Have you if you've seen the one for the nun holy crap I, no I I, I I i close my eyes gee whiz you know that that's just <laughs> that it's not my bag you know like look i i've seen some quote-unquote scary movies like i actually think the ring is a fantastic movie and it freaks the hell out of a lot of other people yeah it's for it, it's a great film it, it's great it's iconic you know like and and we even went back, you know, this is a couple years ago, but we're like, you know, we should watch some of these like classic quote unquote horror movies. And we watched the first Friday the thirteenth and the first Halloween. And we were like, you know, this is a little toned down from what you would expect today. Um, but a lot of those themes that anticipation, what have you, were like, okay, let's go out and do this. So but like compared to today and now that i got a toddler in the house and you know he sees the tv and stuff and so it's one of those things like avert your eyes or whatever anyway the point i was making is the the uh i'm trying to just change the channel but it doesn't it's not like the old days where it immediately changes like the the cable box that's like think about it and so it took forever to go to the next channel what's funny is i think we were watching like sunday night football or something the next channel up when I just hit the channel up button was actually QVC. <laughs> <laughs> and old Uncle June was on there talking about a knife, like a knife set. You I, can get I, 127 I, knives for $16.99. This deal is not going to last. Okay? Watch us cut this hose. You know? <laughs> I can cut through a frozen tube of beef. And then I can cut a like a peach right in half. <laughs> That's like, right. Look at am us. Am I supposed pa- to be impressed? I don't know. Is that something? Yeah. Pa- when will I need to cut my tomatoes paper thin? I don't know. I hope not ever. I I, I like a little girth no. in my tomato. Yeah, that's right. When I make salsa, there there there's there's some body to it. I will say that. So. Yeah. Good. Well, thank you for joining the show tonight. It, it we might be a lot a uh, little light with our uh, Midwest and East Coast people, um, but hopefully our our Arizona I don't know what time zone you guys are in right now and our Pacific people uh, can jump on. It's really late over here, and you know we like I said earlier we've we've got some unusual things going on with the with my life right now, but which is which is fine. Like everything's fine. You know, it's just it's just. It's just different, right? And to the point where we're not going to do a post game show uh, this Saturday because there's priorities. That being said, um, what do you think of the Chippewas? Uh, well, the football team, not the... not the native tribe. Oh, okay. <laughs> well, I'm glad you reframe that. Um, <laughs> I do feel di- I do feel differently about them. Agreed. About the yeah, those are two very so different topics. Team, yeah. Like. Yeah. One has probably casinos and, you know, yeah. Like, like, yeah, let's go. Another one, kill them. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, you know what? I I love that we have this opportunity to sort of, uh, I don't want to call it a tune-up because, uh, like, Al Golden said something today in their press conference. You know, they, they'll, they'll chuck it around a little bit, you know? Um, yeah, a so little bit. I, I think it'll be good, but I really like – I say it's a tune-up game, but, you know, Brian Kelly's gone, and I'm so glad that I'm looking at the field, and I'm like, oh, my gosh, like, Christian Gray's playing. Meaningful snaps. Like, we have young freshman players playing, and young guys playing meaningful snaps. And I think that's so clutch. I think this Saturday we'll get a, we'll get a bunch more. We're going to run the damn ball. You know how we do. Um... And I think we get a lead. I think we get some things dialed in. And then we, uh, I think we end up dominating that game. I think that, I don't know, man. I really like this defense. 
I really like this. I mean, I think the offensive line, I think there's a lot of stuff they can sort of clean up. Um, but it's nice to be able to say that when you stomp North Carolina State on their right. field and you can still say, well, we sort of didn't play very well. Yeah. So um, I don't know. I think that we'll probably um, – We'll probably have make pretty light work of the football team, the Chippewas. Uh, I'm sure that uh, um, the tribe is much more fierce. Um, so I wouldn't want to be, yeah. But um, I think, you know, it'll be a nice, we don't get these games, I feel like, generally. No, and I, and I don't. I, I don't. Like we never get them right to us. Yeah, and, and I don't think we're going to get much more, you know, for the rest of the season, right? Unless, you know, one of these other teams craters, you know, I mean, like Stanford's not looking very impressive right now and some of these other you know teams that you know are, are potentially coming down the, the road or their their schedule can you know landslide on them you know whatever we think you know i mean if we jump over to teamrankings.com right the, the the statistically most likely outcome is a a 10 and tw- 10 and 2 regular season um they they are they they are ranking Central Michigan as the, quote, easiest game left on the schedule, then Stanford, then Wake, um, then Pitt. Now, fortunately, I will be going to uh, the Wake and the Pittsburgh game, um, the Wake game with uh, Red Snapper uh, as well, um, and the Pittsburgh game with Five Foot Nothing Pod, which is cool. But anyway, the, um, the Central Michigan game, yeah, it's... And, and we already talked about their uh, their coach, their recruiting and whatnot. They are the most, in quote-unquote, inferior team remaining on the schedule. Um, and we do have the statistical highest probability of winning, right? You know, versus them, versus, you know, everybody else. So um, I'm very excited for where this team goes. But at the same time, you know, the... Uh, let me ask you this, Justin. Is it wrong to overlook Central Michigan and start looking towards Ohio State? Well, the coaches can say whatever they want. Um, you know there is a little bit of Ohio State uh, game planning going on right now. Uh, but what I think you can do sort of, you know, that you don't always get a chance to in the season is like, if you're like, there's, you know, a lot of coach speak is like, Hey, we just need to do what we're going to do and no one will beat us, which is like sort of true. Like, Hey, if we just play the way we can play, then we're not worried about someone else. Marcus will say things like that. This is like a good week for that. So, and you can sort of mix in some prep, but you know, central Michigan is a team that where if you go, and you say, you know what, we're going to do these three things we really do well on offense, and we're going to do these three things we really do well on defense, you're going to stomp them if you're focused. Oh, yeah. So I feel like you can sort of do both, where in this week you can really just say, hey, what are we going to do great? And let's sort of do that this week, but you know, in a way start moving towards next week. So I think there's a way to sort of do both. I think really good coaches always mm-hmm. find a way. It doesn't have to be like, you know, Marcus Freeman didn't have to go in front of the microphone and be like, we're ter- we're terrified the Chippewas are going to stomp us and <laughs> what we're going to do. And, you know, but there's a way to just say, hey, listen, you know, like I really like, like I think Marcus, for, I think Coach Freeman is so, uh, you know, it's like he should be a motivational speaker. Like he knows how to motivate. And he, <laughs> and he brings up like, we have 12 guaranteed opportunities. Oh, yeah. Right? Like, that's gr- that's a great motivating tool, basic, especially in a week like this. Like, mm-hmm. hey, we only get 12 all year. You work your butt off all year long. You got 12. So here's one. So I know you want to think your mind wants to start going to, you know, bringing the Buckeyes in town, but let's take care of, you know, four before we get to game five yeah but but, you know let's do it in a way where we can sort of get focused you know i i appreciate that because like part of me you know especially in the off season you know i i uh i miss notre dame football and 
I have to remind myself that I need to cherish every game. It's one of those things where it's like, you know, you want to get amped up and eat nachos or wings or whatever you do at home and, you know, smash shots of Jameson and drink beer and, you know, just, ah, you know, enjoy the game. And but then it's like part of you kind of wishes you didn't, because then if you were a little more coherent, you could actually really like focus on the game and absorb more of it rather than just kind of swim through it like mentally in a, you know, stupor fog. You know what I'm saying? With this, oh, for sure. With this game, and, and, and don't get me wrong, like <laughs> first one to admit that 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 happens. Number one and number two, um, yeah, who am I to judge? The, the the point I'm making is, look, we do only have twelve gu- guaranteed games. Ideally, thirteen, fourteen. You know, that's that's clearly the goal. We, we should cherish this, and these are specific weeks of the year out of a 52-week year, not including, you know, spring game, which is, quite frankly, a glorified practice. The point I'm making is we, we should be grateful for the Central Michigan game um, and accept it for what it is. And, you know, does it have earth-shattering impact on the season the answer is of course no as long as we win um, and win by a decent margin because quite frankly i put in the same you know sphere as navy and this the tennessee state game because look it's it's a quote-unquote lower level team with inferior talent there's no reason why we shouldn't you know stomp them um and soundly i mean we're favored in this game by a sizable margin i mean the spread this is the biggest it's been all season it's 34 points um you know and so like notre dame has been averaging um you know a scoring margin of 37 um and putting up 47 points so if i just do some quick math on that you know 47 to you know 13 right that gets us at 37 points right so um or 34 point margin right so uh, i'm not saying i'm not giving that as a prediction that's just kind of more of a math thing but fans should not overlook this team i i think it's okay to like have the anticipation over the gravity of the situation like okay we got to get through this week healthy because the game that really matters first, um, other than the NC State game last week, the next one is Ohio State. And, but I think I think that it's okay to to cherish this one, to enjoy this one, and to embrace this one because we love watching Notre Dame. You know, if someone handed you a VHS tape of like, hey, there's this long lost Notre Dame game that no one has ever seen. You know, you want to watch it? The answer, what would your answer be, Justin? Duh. Yeah. Yeah. What? Like, Who's driving? How are we watching it? Yeah, that's right. I mean, I've got a VCR in the basement here. I'll, I'll go dust that sucker off and, you know, plug it into the old big box TV that is also down there, which is still down. The, the doc is so funny. The doc asked me, why do we still have this? I'm like, no, no, no. Don't get rid of that. She's like, why? I'm like, because... I want a Nintendo and we're going to get a zapper and the zapper will work with that. She just like gives me this dirty look. Like it wasn't a dirty look, but it was like a, are you serious? Look, <laughs> I'm like, of course look, you're serious. Of course, of course I'm serious. I've thought this through, right? I don't keep crap lying around the house. You know. <laughs> it's also, it's in your basement. You said it is in my basement. Dude, some of those TVs are like a thousand pounds. It's shocking it's how much. So they heavy, are. yeah. I'm like, oh. what did they make this of? I don't know. Bricks and it's like you, you know, got Blake lead. Fisher sitting on a like Blake Fisher TV <laughs> just sitting on your on your you know an entertainment center. It's like, oh, it's down here. Now. When it's oh, awkward, like like the mass is not like in the middle. It's like in the front by the screen, you know, because it's made out of like solid thick glass, like. I remember, I remember when, um, like this is years ago when, you know, I must've been gosh, high school, junior high. I don't know what. And my dad was cleaning out the office and 
going through some old stuff and he's like hey we're gonna get rid of the old computer monitor because we got a flat screen right now and he's like uh, i'm just gonna throw this away recycle it whatever and so i'm like can i have fun fun with this he's like just don't make a big mess right so i'm like tight so i go get the hockey stick and a hockey puck and i take slap shot after slap shot at the computer screen now maybe this is a question of my hockey skills or just the robustness of the computer monitor screen. That fucker did not break. All I did was put some marks in it. <laughs> That's over-engineering. We don't do that anymore. Oh, you know? my gosh. It, it, despite the fact that it was quote-unquote Energy Star rate, rated, um, that shit would not break. I'm just like, I'm literally beating this thing with a hockey stick. And like, it just got to the point where I took the stick and went up and hit it. And it still didn't break. I'm like, all right. I'm not going to go get a bat and rocks and pellet guns and, and start, you know, turning this into a uh, some sort of YouTube channel, you know, <laughs> discovery channel. Are you telling me it earned your respect? No, I'm not. You you no, it, it like, was a worthy opponent. Trust me, that monitor had so much respect be, out of the hours and hours of computer screen time I had given it playing, you know educational games to nhl hockey 96 to the original need for speed to oregon trail like you name it shit from the mid 90s got all sorts of uh you know screen time um with that monitor so this was a way to send it off with some fun uh <laughs> and so away it went but anyway i don't know why we're talking about uh computer mo big computer monitors um back to this game do you um do, do you do you think we see much of hartman and our first stringers uh in the second half probably not i hope we see a lot of them uh like going viral for making obscene gestures uh <laughs> sending in play calls i hope that's i saw uh, that. how we see them most but um i'm i i mean it didn't look like it was I, let me put it this way I saw Hartman doing his thing. I never saw anything that quote unquote Let's... looked inappropriate, but maybe I need to look at it with fresh eyes. I don't know. I don't, you know what? To, like you said, you know, it's beauty's in the eye of the beholder. Right. So you never know. But, um, you know, this <laughs> is a game where you can sort of challenge those guys and say, Let's get you out of the game. Like, let's play for these younger guys and these walk ons. Let's get them in the game and let's let them score. Let's let them play. You know, I don't think we're going to see much of them in the second half. Yeah, rightfully so. But um, yep. it's a we, Brian Kelly. I feel we were never in games like this. We've had literally three games this year that I feel like we never had in the Brian Kelly era, where he could have played, where he could have played a bunch of people, but never did. The only time where I think that really was the case was in 2019. You know, when we played new mexico and bowling green right and we just curb stomped them as we should have um this year feels a lot like that in the sense that we should smoke central michigan the way that brian kelly did in the 2019 years um but you know we'll, again we'll we'll see how it goes um but at the same time it's like you got to be smart you got to save these guys for the Ohio State game because that's just coming up next week. So, yeah, and I love too to watch, like, you know, right when they start pulling out, like Sam Hartman, those guys. I like to see, you know, like Angeli get reps with the first team of line, you know, or like so they get to, it's not just like, hey, wholesale, you know, you're playing with all walk on Steve. It's like mm -hmm. it, it's competitive. They get to see what what he's made of. So, yeah, I don't think there's going to be, I think tomorrow or Saturdays, a lot of people are going to play. I think that's going to be really good. I think, like you said, the goal is going to be, you know, let's, let's get out of here healthy and ready for a rock fight, you know? Yeah. Come, uh, come that, that, that two weeks from now. I agree. No, no complaint here. And, and certainly there shouldn't be any, any doubt over Notre Dame's abilities or even the 
you know, body of work Notre Dame has put together the previous three games. Now, Grant, they're kind of quote unquote one game ahead of most of their opponents this season, uh, specifically Central Michigan. Um, but right now, if if I just look at scoring margin, Central Michigan is actually a minus ten and a half on average over the season. Um, but then you got Notre Dame, who is averaging thirty seven point seven points of margin over their opponents, forty seven point seven. That's minus. good, right? Yeah, that is very good, right? Um, national champions on average are 27.2 and we're exceeding that by 10 points. Now, uh, granted it's early in the season, so we haven't played, you know, some of the quote unquote tougher, tougher games. So we'll see how that goes. But what's, what's really cool about, about this game is, you know, look, we, we've played three games and if I really want to make people go, huh, we've played a quarter of the regular season. That's depressing to hear, you know. So and again, so that's that's why savor the Central Michigan game. Don't overlook it. Enjoy it. Live it up as much as you possibly can because you'll never give it back. Um, so just enjoy it. But analyze the heck out of it. Have a good time. You know. Yeah, I mean Notre Dame is is you know again per per my my source sources. Uh, Notre Dame is second in the country in total touchdowns. Again, they played one more game than most other teams, but still, the numbers are what they are today. They have 20 total touchdowns. They're ranked second in the country. We're second in passing touchdowns, the second most important stat, and we're 12th in scoring offense. All three of those, the top three offensive stats, were better right now on average than the national championship average, which is cool. Um and you go further down the list, uh, we're ranked seventh in total defense. We're fifth in rushing touchdowns, which is really cool. So, I mean, Notre Dame's doing a lot of good things here. Um, and there's only a handful of stats that on average Central Michigan is, quote, better than Notre Dame. Um, you know, quote, rushing defense and sacks per game and stuff. And, and if there's really anything that would potentially give me concern it's our defensive front um which is i'm glad why you uncle june here are on because since you played the zero the nose guard um you know something about you know defensive line play is this something where we we anticipated this to be a factor this year with all the departures last year or is this a coaching problem or is this just this is just not what this defense is, Justin. Oh, maybe got pressed. I'm sorry, I forgot to hit unmute. That's okay. Um it looks different, you know. There's no Fosky. Um there's no Adamiolas, you yep. know. But I will say that, you know, I feel like I I have to I, I think I need a PFF membership of the Havoc rate. I think is actually doing okay. I think they're getting some pressure, but it just looks different because we're used to having big seven screaming off the edge and a little bit of push up in the middle. Mm -hmm. But I'll tell you who's really surprised me this year, which is Howard Cross. Um, I mean, everyone wants to dismiss him because he's not 6'5", 330, you know? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Man, that guy is so quick off the ball. And I can tell you as someone who's played on the nose or on the zero um, and played center. There's nothing worse than having a guy like that right on your grill, uh, you know, who's fast. He makes your life hell, you know? Um, so to answer your question, I think that the defensive line will get better and better as the year goes, you know, and then mm-hmm. it will get a little bit more athletic as we get some of these young guys in, you know, but I think it just looks a lot different. You know, when you have a guy like Foskey, who's, I mean, he, he commands so much attention. Yeah. So sometimes it's not always, it's not like apples to apples, you know? Yeah. Um, truth or a lie of all the, all the sacks we've had this year. Um, does anyone have more than one? I would have said, I think like two people have one. 
don't even know. I don't feel yeah. like how many sacks do we even have? According according to my source, we have four total sacks over three games, so it's not not very good. Um, now that's not the the worst stat. Um, Josh Burnham actually has two tackles for loss, and then you've got about ten to eleven other guys that all have a tackle for loss. My problem is our quote-unquote worst stat right now is on the defense. It's tackles for loss per game. We're averaging 4.3, which on the surface doesn't sound bad, but Central Michigan right now is averaging 5. National champions average over 7. So so we're clearly behind the eight ball here, and I, and again, maybe that's a function of who departed, what's left in the cupboard, or defensive scheme, and it's like, look, we, we need to rely on linebackers staying assignment true and having our defensive linemen run more of a contained situation rather than um, predator go sickum boy kind of situation where you know you have a lane and an assignment that you need to to stay stay forward a, a quarterback you know dancing around the backfield is not a loss per se um you know, that's quote unquote, okay. That's a fight another day. Um, keep him uncomfortable. Don't let him scramble kind of scenario. Maybe that's well, out two of our games. We've played the Navy is a team that you're not going to really get a lot of chances And North Carolina state. They, they did a really good job of keeping, um, his name escapes me. I don't know why I loved him as a Armstrong, TV, but they, yeah. yeah, they kept him in check. Yeah. It got to the point where I've, I've, I've started to try to pay attention to what our linemen on both defense or offense, depending on, you know, whether we have the ball or not. Watching our, our D-line, and, and one of the plays I was really happy I watched was a third third and long um, after we had gotten, um, after Hartman had fumbled the ball and turned it over in our own, you know, red zone. And then the defense had two huge stops. And then I was watching that we had an eight-man drop. We just rushed three guys. And I was watching our linebackers on our D-line. Linebackers, you know, there was a receiver or fullback or somebody that ran out. So the guy in the end, you know, picked him up and stayed with him. And then everyone else just stayed home and covered the middle of the field. And it it was a real beautiful sight to see of our guys just staying assignment true. It's not sexy. It's not flashy. It's not going to make any highlight reel. And quite frankly, I'm okay with that. I'm okay with linebackers staying home, you know, doing your job, uh, mining your P's and Q's. And then the three man rush that we had, again, it's not, you're not being a bulldozer and mad dog trucking somebody and then making the sack as much as we would love that. Um, you know, it's nice that our guys are embracing their role and doing it quite frankly well, because what happened is they didn't get the conversion. They missed their field goal. And I think that was really the last chance, quote unquote, the NC State had in that game on Saturday. Yeah, I think you're right. And, and you know, uh, credit to the personnel, credit to the coaching I mean, this team just looks different to me. I mean, they just yeah. sort of do things right. Uh, the penalties, I hate blame, I hate complaining about officiating. It yeah. was terrible on Saturday. It was brutal. I, I thought so, too. And and I made the comment in the postgame show that it's one of those things where it's like, I, I, I don't track penalties anymore that in time of possession just because I didn't see it as being statistically significant. And that's not... That doesn't mean that it can't be detrimental or impactful or whatever. That's not what I'm saying. I'm just saying on average, it's something that you just have to deal with. You just it, It's part of the game. And it's like you have to just be a better team to not allow something like penalties or whatnot to get in your way. There's always going to be the situation where, you know, you got a Benjamin Moore or, you know, Benjamin Morrison situation where you know he's just fed up with the receiver who's guarding him and talking trash and whatever and at some point you you just got to defend yourself or you know just 
tell him to buzz off and you just kind of you know you just kind of push each other whatever and the ref sees it and you get penalized with the flag fine um those situations though i don't like i'm not going to freak out over same way going you know with reflecting to the rest of the game a lot of situations didn't go our way we just have to be better than that and and have the mental stability toughness what have you to not allow a ref call what have you dictate the outcome of the game we should be better than above and beyond better than the refs and that's just kind of my my thought on all that is it fair no like again they're there to to regulate the rules of the game but you know most of the time i'd say nine out of ten times the refs are doing a halfway decent job with that um we tend to raise our voices when you know we lose or we're not looking good or whatever and um i i I just think it's something you just have to deal with and something you just have to embrace so Well, Justin, I see it says you're connecting. Maybe I uh, talked too long, and uh, that was pretty much it. Or you just guys just got hit with a solar flare there. Who knows? Or it was like uh, my network at work today. All of a sudden, just crapped out, and it's like, okay, time to go home. <laughs> All right. Well, th- Justin Cates, if if you want to come back on, you're always welcome to jump jump on at Justin Cates. Uh, I see Lynch here will invite you to speak if you so wish. Um, but uh, prior to jumping over to Mr. Jason Lynch, um, just a quick public service announcement per se. Uh, nothing too wild, but the game this week is on. That's right. The game's on Peacock. Don't forget. So make sure you have that set up on your phone set up that on your you know dish or cable or you know whatever you got antenna will not work okay you got you got to get it right go over to your grandma's house or things that everyone's going to complain about just go over there get it sorted spend the five bucks right look at your closet how much notre dame shit do you own how much have you spent on notre dame shit you can afford peacock for one week Lynch, welcome back to the Fighting Irish Faithful Show. At Lynch Mob, ND, where you at, man? You're on mute. Maybe you're just listening. All right, you're just listening. But yeah, the game's on Peacock, so... um, And, and, you know, I I thought about this earlier, and I I predicted that this was going to be the game that that would happen. I did not think that NBC... Uh, Notre Dame would make the Tennessee State game a first home game and B uh, first game against a historical black college. I did not think that would not be on normal uh, over the normal airwaves uh, with regard to NBC, a team like Central Michigan, who, you know, we've played once or twice before. And, um, you know, really, what is the historical significance of this? No, the Tennessee State game has I think a little more gravity given the uh, historical nature of Tennessee state itself. And uh, again, first time playing an FCS team. So we uh, will see how the game goes. Hopefully people don't lose their connection too much watching it on Peacock, but at the same time um, in theory that that should also allow you to watch the replay very, very easily on your phone. If you're sitting up in bed or whatever, got insomnia, and this podcast just quite frankly isn't doing it for you because it's too exciting. I don't know. <laughs> Lynch, you there? Yeah, what's going on? Yo, thanks for joining us this evening. Yeah, yeah I got on a little bit late. Everybody's already gone, I guess. Uh, well, you know, it's it, it is what it is. Yeah, it's it's early morning and. Uh, I imagine this will be one of our shorter podcasts, uh, unless all of a sudden we get a crap ton of people from the West Coast on. But uh, that just doesn't seem likely on a Tuesday uh, against Central Michigan. I mean, psh, come on, you know. <laughs> right. right. 
Yeah, so uh, I don't know. I think it's going to be a, a good game, another chance at, as Red Snapper said, assignment football. Yep. Do you have a score prediction per se? I mean, let's just cut cut to the fat. You know, I mean, other than Notre Dame perfecting their own craft or doing well on their own merit, is there something that, um, you know, they have to look out for or just not get in their own way? I think it's going to be just a little bit of not get on their, not get in their own way. Uh, I think the score will be, I don't know. I'm just. It may not be a huge score. We may be up comfortably enough to put in some, you know, twos and threes to not get a huge score. But I mean, that's my hope. Put in the twos right. and threes. Yes, yes. Because I think we'll, you know, at some point we may need may need a, a break for somebody. No doubt. No doubt. No, you got you got to get those reps in for. And jelly or whomever. So, yes, yes, what we've got outside of practice. Yeah, that's right. Well, the um, we don't have a huge statistical piece per se, um, and it's not necessarily related to the Chippewas, just because, quite frankly, Notre Dame should dominate them. You know, we the right. the top statistics were were better. Um, there's only a handful that they're better, but that might be a function of the noise of the limited sample size of two games that they have. But what I did see on Twitter this week, and this will be the Twitter shout out, it's going to the four horsemen pod. So thank you Four horsemen pod. They had an interesting tweet about Sam Hartman in his first three games versus other quarterbacks in their first three games. Now, they were looking pretty much at total yards thrown and completion percentage, and I'm pretty sure that was it. You know, Maybe there was one or two more stats, but nothing that really showed great significance that, in my mind, really proved is Hartman the best. Now, not that I had doubts or anything. You know, I'm not Thomas here from the Gospels, you know, doubting, you know, his brothers and <laughs> you know right. I, w- I will believe it that notre dame is this great when i put my fingers in notre dame's in the virgin's hand and hand it you know <laughs> it's not, that's not what's happening here but i wanted to compare uh gosh how many quarterbacks did i look at one two three i looked at nine quarterbacks from hartman all the way back to dane christ sam hartman drew pine jack Cohn. Ian Buck, Brandon Wilbush, Deshaun Kaiser, Everett Golson, Tommy Reese, and Dan Christ. Of these quarterbacks, I looked at the first three games they played when they were starters. Now, the one guy I didn't look at was Malik Zaire because technically he didn't finish the game against Virginia. Kaiser had to come in. But I also don't count the Virginia, Virginia game for Kaiser either i start the kaiser game with georgia tech that season anyway i wanted to look at what was the win percentage of said quarterback their completion percentage the total number of touchdowns they threw in their first three games as the starter and then the last stat which i think is the most important is attempts per touchdown what is your efficiency at quarterback? The, the, the second most important, important stat is total touchdowns, especially in the passing game, so passing touchdowns. But if you're chucking the ball 50 times a game and you're only getting you know, two, three touchdowns, that doesn't impress me much. But uh, how impactful are you when you're, the number of attempts you throw on average per touchdown is a low number right that's what i'm talking about so i i and damn it i'm just knocking someone out of their car there with that one uh lynch what's uh what's your thought here um well spoiler alert hartman's the best of these guys who do you think is best in completion percentage behind sam hartman 
In their first three games as a starter. First three as a starter. Chris, Reese, Golson, Kaiser, Wimbush, Book, Cohn, or Pine? I would almost say Reese, but I might lean toward Golson maybe a little bit more. Sure, sure. And, and that's interesting with, with Golson. You would think that it was higher, but keep in mind that was in 2012, and our offense was pretty sluggish there. So it's not Golson, and it's not Reese. Believe it or not, it's Drew Pine. In Pine's first three games, Cal, uh, North Carolina as a starter, and BYU last year, his completion percentage was 74%. Mm. Not, not bad. No, not a horrible stat. Now, um, here, here, here's, a, here's another way to look at this. Most of these guys all have 100% you know, you know, three wins in a row, their first three games they played. Name the one quarterback who has the worst win percentage. Basically, he only won one out of three games in his first uh, piece as being a starter. Would it be Chris? It is Chris. He was one of three. Beat Purdue, then lost to Michigan and Michigan State. The other two guys that are not at 100% are Deshaun Kaiser because he lost to Clemson his third game and Wimbush who lost to Georgia in his second game. But everybody else won all three games in their first three starts. And Riggis, I think, had the biggest challenge per se by facing off against... uh, Now, Army's not too crazy but army utah and usc which is interesting but everybody else is 100 percent. book cone pine hartman right everybody else is 100 percent. yeah now total touchdowns in those first three games who has the most total in the first three outside of hartman i'll give you a hint well, it can include Hartman. Said quarterback has 10. And then three individuals are tied with eight. Hmm. I would say it would be Hartman. Hartman has 10 touchdowns that he has thrown this season. There are three guys who threw eight touchdowns. And it is the last three guys, Pine, Cone, and Book, in their first three games as a starter. Now, granted, Books were in 2018 when he was replaced when he replaced Wimbush as a starter in the Vandy game. Right. But it doesn't matter. The first three games, Book had eight touchdowns. So did Cone. So did Pine. The worst on this list. You know who that is. Who had the least number of touchdowns in his first three games? The least amount of touchdowns in the first three. Would it be Reese? Nope. It's Wimbush. Wimbush. He had two. Hmm. Yeah. Which makes a little sense because that was 2017 and, you know, we were a very run heavy uh, type of team. Okay, but yeah, you you read that stuff and you're like, whoa, that ain't good, you know, as far as uh, effectivity and the ability to, um, you know, put up points on the on the scoreboard, right? Right. Okay, the most important piece: attempts per touchdown, the efficiency of the quarterback. Who is the best? I would say. Probably Hartman. It's Hartman. Above and beyond by far. We'll get to his number in a a minute. Who is the number two? This surprised me as far as efficient quarterbacks. The hint is this individual has an attempts to touchdown ratio in his first three games of 10.7. 
which, believe it or not, is actually better than national champion average. Grant, it's three games, but who is the quarterback that has the best attempt-to-touchdown ratio, a value of 10.7 in their first three games? Not Hartman. Not Hartman. Would it be Pine? It is Drew Pine. That's what I was thinking. This is the craziest shit here. We'll jump to Hartman in a second. Drew Pine in his first three games, as much as we, we, and we did give him criticism, you know, and, and maybe some of that is attributed to Reese. I don't know. Pine was a hundred percent win percentage in his first three games as a starter. His completion percentage was 74%. Number two behind him was Ian Book. After that was, was Kaiser at 65%. Cone was 62%, but whatever. Pine was second in touchdowns, tied with Cone and Book, throwing eight passing touchdowns. His attempt to touchdown ratio was very efficient. It was 10.7. Next best was Jack Cone 13.6 attempts per touchdown. Now the crazy fucking thing here is Hartman. Hartman, granted, like like let, let's let's step back for a second if it's your first three games you tend to be early quote unquote in your career you tend right. not to be a transfer but but even then and grant you know i'm comparing you know cone to Hart to to sam hartman but even then you know cone is is he's got three guys that are better than him in attempts to touchdown ratio Pine with 10.7. Um, I, I fucked that up. I was looking at Book. Cone is third. <laughs> Cone is, is 13.6. Um, Book was 14.3, but Aunt Reese was 14.2. The worst, actually, in attempts to touchdown ratio was Wimbush, believe it or not. Okay. Mm-hmm. He only threw two touchdowns, passing touchdowns, and his attempts to touchdown ratio was 47. Mm. Not good. After no. that, the next worst guy is actually Everett Golson, which is really sad. But again, look at that offense in 2012, and you know the the passing touchdowns was not gonna you know blow anyone's skirt off, quite frankly. Right. But Hartman's attempts to touchdown ratio is less than ten. It's less than nine. It's less than eight. It's less than seven. Six point four. For every six to seven passes that he throws, that doesn't even, that's not completions. That's just throwing the ball out there. Every one out of six, one out of seven is a fucking touchdown. (laughs) Pretty impressive. I'm Scrooge McDuck with this shit, okay? It's fucking amazing. Now, I didn't. What I should have done with this analysis is compare Hartman to, you know, other guys, other Heisman guys. And, and I actually, I think I have that um, in aggregate. Um, let's see. National champions, Heismans. Let's see here. Yeah, take me a minute to find it. Attempt to touchdown ratio. Oh, yeah. It's, on average, is better than the Heisman. The Heisman quarterback has an attempts to touchdown ratio of 12.8. National champions, 12.7. There's only a handful of guys that are better than top 10. Uh, Stenson Bennett was 9.9. Mac Jones, 9.8. Joe Burrow was actually 8.8. Tua Tagovailoa, 8.2. Kyler Murray, 8.9. Attempts to touchdown ratio. Hartman currently is better than all of them. 6.4. It's not even fucking close. It's not even close. Now, does that continue on throughout the season? I don't know. Um, Most likely not. Um, And also, most likely, the... uh, Heisman committee, playoff committee, what have you, 
won't pay attention to that because, well, they're stupid. So. <laughs> Absolutely. So, so I wanted to share that, and, and I want to give the Twitter shout out to Four Horsemen Pod because they had posted something, and I'm paraphrasing here, but they were comparing Hartman to other quarterbacks in their first three games, um, and I thought they had scratched the surface, and I I knew that there was additional information surrounding scoring and surrounding efficiency that they didn't quite get. They got the completion percentage, but completions are one thing. Touchdowns are something completely else. And at the end of the day, we want to win the game, and you win the game by catching the ball, running across the goal line. That's how you win games. So I don't care about yards. I don't care about passing yards. I mean, I do, but and, and we keep track of it. Don't get me wrong. But we're not going to put a crazy amount of stock in it. We're more interested on this podcast of what helps us win. Okay, this is how you score touchdowns. This is how uh, you know you make the team better. And that's where we're at. So, mm-hmm. so with, I think with Drew Pine, I'd like to see what his completion percentage was. And not only that, to anybody other than Michael Mayer. You know, that, and that would take a lot of uh, effort to go through all his plays to understand, you know, how that completion percentage goes up or down depending on his, you know, particular skill positions, particular individuals, etc. I I think that, We'll just have to have to wait and see if Hartman can maintain this same level of excellence. I don't know. Right. It would be impressive if he does. <clears throat> it really would, and you know whether or not you know that continues, or whether or not um, you know we hit some speed bumps here. I mean, at the, at the end of the day, the, the, what I'm more interested in is not so much the s- statistics that Sam Hartman is putting up. I am more interested in how Notre Dame as a team is doing. I am more interested in how much rushing production the team is putting up. How mu- are, are they able to use, you know, a little bit of manufacturing know-how when they go out there to put a game plan together? Uh, again, w- w- we'll see how things are uh, as we move on in this season. Can we maintain? an attempt to touchdown ratio of 6.4 against other teams. I hope so. I hope so. It's going to be tough. <clears throat> I hope so. I mean, look, he's got 10 touchdowns in three games. So it's about, what, three and a third per game? Yeah. Yep. Multi- multiply that sucker by 14. <laughs> All right? Yeah. I mean, l- might as well, right? 2.3, yeah. 10, 14. Oh, it helps if you hit an equal sign here in the spreadsheet. What the hell? 46. All right. Yeah, that, that would be a lot. It's 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 not not only is it a lot, but national champions on average put up 41.4 passing touchdowns. Mm. And that's not even ranked number one. That's they're ranked eighth in the country, putting up 41 touchdowns. Hmm. Again, granted, that's over a 14-game season. But again, we're going to compare Notre Dame to national champions. Because, right. well, why not? You know, we're Notre Dame. That's what we should do. Because right. <clears throat> that is the ultimate goal. Yes. Oh, yeah. So, toast is to Sam Hartman. Keep it up. Uh, you have our support. We're very happy you're here. And I I won't name names here, but um, some people continue to defend Brian Kelly, quite frankly, and we don't have to get into that whole piece. But I, I just made the simple observation, comment, what have you, to said individual, and I said, do you honestly think that if Brian Kelly was still at Notre Dame, that Hartman would have transferred here? Do you really think that Kelly, like, like 
Look at it another way. Kelly is, quote, free from Notre Dame. He can go to LSU and get pretty much anyone he wants. Right. He could have gotten Hartman, but he didn't. No, I don't think he would have went. No, well, that that's my thought, too. I think that Hartman sees something that he can get out of Notre Dame, i.e. a grad degree or whatever, or in you know some more spotlight uh, exposure, whatnot, for NFL draft stock. I don't know. You know, he can be maybe big fish, small pond. And if you think that 11th ranked talent <laughs> is a small pond, okay, fine. You know, that's great. Um, you know, we'll take him anyway, just because A, you want to be here and B, you're being productive. So, and, and if I go to, you know, C, you know, he's carrying himself well. You know, he's a man of integrity and courage as far as everything I've seen. So, Again, I don't know him personally. I don't know how he is in real life. But that being said, he's integrating well in Notre Dame student body life. And he's um, he's making a very positive name for himself. Yeah, I think so. And I think he's, I think he's extremely well liked by the player. Sure. Well, he's, he's a captain for a reason, right? Right, right. From just what we see... You know, on, you know, the Notre Dame media, you know, it's all positive stuff. But I think that's, I think that's just the way it is. I think he is that guy that yeah. is genuine and, you know, is, is really that guy that is, you know, uh, somebody that's came in this year and has gotten that tight knit with the players. Yeah, no doubt, no doubt. Well, Lynch, that's that's pretty much all I've got on this this show tonight. It's a little shorter of a podcast, you know. It's also late, you know. Or uh, I got to get up early, and uh, yeah, Notre Dame versus the Chippewas. You know, I mean, Notre Dame should kill them. We don't need to go line by line in the stats here. We hit some of the high points, and I wanted to compare Hartman in his first three games to all these other quarterbacks in their first three games. So, um, just to kind of gauge his status his progress um and you know there's we can eliminate three of these guys because three of them weren't 100 percent. it'd be interesting you know four games five games what have you you know where is their win percentage as time goes on and their productivity numbers etc um i think hartman is quote-unquote currently in fourth first place if you go through this information and then he will maintain first place um, with much confidence as we uh, as we progress through the season. Yeah, I think so. I think so. I think he's 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 a great fit in the system for sure. Indeed, indeed, no concern about that. But yeah, Notre Dame's looking good. Um, not not a whole lot else. Uh, to comment on we're a little over an hour in i think i think we're gonna call it good any any other thoughts here lynch uh no i've just gotta pack uh in the morning and get ready to head up tomorrow afternoon fantastic fantastic we'll have a safe journey and yes, uh <laughs> we're gonna move forward here with uh so so again games on peacock check it out uh we will not have a post-game show on finding hours faithful uh you guys will have to settle for some lesser post-game show to listen to that's uh based off of a lot more opinion and less on fact <laughs> hendrix's post-game rant that's right yeah check check out dust leprechauns on facebook for all our facebook people uh hendrix has been uh, doing a rant slash reflection of the game, kind of immediate reaction, not nearly as uh, prepared as this show per se from a data and analytics, but that's okay. It's kind of the way he wants to keep it and kind of how we want to keep this show, but we're happy to be part of those Leprechauns Media fighting our faithful show in season four, episode 12. That's all we got for you. Thank you, everyone, for joining us. Check us out on Apple Podcasts, on Spotify, and YouTube. Have a nice day, a good week. Finish up the week strong, and give the Chippewas some hell. Go Irish, and I will see you all in one week. Cheers, and go Irish.
Throws the ball. It is caught. Reggie Brooks. Reggie Brooks got it for a two-pointer. And Notre Dame is out in front. 17-16. Lost the ball. The pass is fed down. It's fed down by Carroll. It's caught by Samaza. Inside the 20. Inside the 10. He's going in. Notre Dame has scored. Dawson throws. Open receiver in the end zone. Touchdown. Notre Dame. Somehow, the Irish did it. Out of the pack, 30, 35, goodbye, baby, at the 50, the 40, the 30, the 20, the 10, fire, fire, rocket, touchdown, Irish. Tyree, whoa, can he get there, Tyree at the 30, 20, 10, touchdown, Liberty. Woo, 98, big ones. Zibikowski looking for a block. Cuts to the right to the 40. Gets a block. Gets to the 45. 50. Up to the 45. 40. 30. One man to beat. 20. 15. 10. He's down to the 5. Touchdown, Irish. 